0: Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Worrellow, and I have a great guest lined up for you today. Now, this podcast, it's about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, before I introduce today's guests, I want to ask a favour. It won't take a minute and it would make a huge difference to us would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to and subscribe and leave a rating and review. It just helps us share our message of inspirational change with as many people as we can, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. So thank you. Okay, are you ready to be inspired? Because today our guest on the podcast is Andrea Lee, a futurist with her finger on the pulse of the human spirit and how it can change the world. Throughout her life, Andrea has done one thing, help the people she cares about achieve what they think is impossible. Not once, but twice, she helped reinvent the coaching profession and she knows one thing for sure, humanity is essentially good and astonishingly powerful. Andrea is a trusted source of coaching innovation, a force for change in the field of emotional abuse, and her business was named an extraordinary bull market company by Seth Godin and Fast Company Magazine. Now, the title of our conversation today is Breaking the Cycle of Harm Doing. And with that, I'd like to welcome Andrea. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Jane.
0: (laughs) Oh, I am so excited for our conversation,
1: I can't tell you.
0: (laughs) We'll try though,
1: we'll try to have some words for for everyone. We
0: certainly will, we certainly will. But um, let me just say, you know, we've just shared with our listeners here your professional bio and I'd love to help them kind of get behind that a little bit and get to know the real
1: life human behind those words. So why don't you tell us a little bit about about her? Sure. I love that question, the woman behind the bio. Um, (laughs) It's a great one because, you know, we're better than a a sacred change maker podcast to (laughs) drop the masks and really get real, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I think, Jane, really, how I would describe myself in this season is someone who's made a lot of mistakes, aches and you should imagine me throwing my hands up as I say that I I I turned 50 this year I've been coaching for 20 years and I've made a lot of mistakes and I I think of myself as someone who if I've done anything good managed to turn those mistakes into Good medicine, I'll say. Mm. Good, good medicine for going forward. And um, as you may have noticed, if if you know Jane, I know you've noticed, of course. But if any of our listeners have noticed, if you've seen my photo, I'm Asian. I'm Taiwanese, but I was born in Canada. Um, I like to say I was almost made in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) My parents are from Taiwan and I was born here in Canada. And so I'm also someone who, I guess, lives at the intersection of a lot of different contrasting things, you know, Mm -hmm. Canadian culture, Taiwanese culture, um, being uh, Asian, but also Canadian, um, being a, a daughter, a girl within an Asian culture that really historically has prized Having sons um, has created lots of contrast in my life, I'll say. Um, So I'm a person who I think maybe I've had quite a bit of white water in my life, and I hope that I'm doing good with it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love the way you describe that white water in my life, because that kind of feels like it gives me this sense of kind of there's some turbulence, but there's some excitement as well Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And, you know, I, I feel like I want to ask you more about your journey to where you are today, but what I'd love to know, I think is in this season right now, what are you most passionate
1: about? You ask the best questions. You ask the the best questions. So it's an easy answer. The thing I'm the most passionate about is helping us to understand that as humans we have so much power and even though it may seem like a really intense and heavy thing to say, it's actually a positive thing and and I want to say that humans, I think, don't realize how much harm that we inadvertently do to one another with one another at one another. You know mm-hmm. that this message that you know what more of us in fact I'll say all of us are doing harm to each other without really knowing it, you know? Jane mm-hmm. and and I'm passionate about that because if we know we're doing that, then we can change it. Right.
0: Right. And that
1: sounds so
0: intriguing because as you were saying that I instantly go to my own like experiences and I I was thinking about you know places where I might have been hurt by other Mm -hmm. people and they didn't realize it but then I also went to this place where I'm like so my goodness oh gosh I really need to know where I'm harming other people Mm -hmm. so that I can stop it too so Mm -hmm. can you walk us into that a little deeper Andrea sure
1: I would so love to thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so first I would like to make clear that when I say that I'm not saying it from a judging place. Mm. I'm not I'm not sitting here wagging my finger, you know? Yeah. Um I'm saying that because we are human it's just part of our makeup, you know? Yes. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I think that because it it may be part of why we're here as humans is to work out how to understand um, how to treat others well. Mm. Um, As humans, we arrive on the planet and we're instantly um, consuming things, right? We're consuming breast milk. We're consuming diapers, whether they're um, petroleum based diapers or they are recyclable diapers. What do you call diapers there in, in the UK, Jane? Nappies. Nappies. <laughs> I knew there was another word. That's right. <laughs> so, so, as soon as we arrive, we're, we're using resources. And, mm. you know, from the very first breath that we take and how we go through life, then as, you know, toddlers and teenagers and then professionals like, you know, all of us here today, Um, how we go through life-consuming things, um, whether they're natural resources or other human resources, like when we're building teams as entrepreneurs and asking people to help us support our work. Um, There are so many places where we inadvertently cause harm. Um, I was just speaking, Jane, to a client who realized that uh, she had been... um, Really, sadly, she came to the realization, the aha moment, that she had not been treating her team well. Mm -hmm. You know? She had been... um, thinking that she was this creative person running around, not making her own deadlines, postponing things, changing plans, all of the things that, you know what, we all do these things as entrepreneurs, right? I, I can relate. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And so and so we think that that's perfectly fine and in a way it is, but how about when it's not considerate to other people? Mm. How about when it becomes something that we assume we can do, that we take for granted, that people are going to run around, clean up after our messes, change everything, follow our every whim. Um, Does that start to border into inconsiderate behavior that mm, then, then when it comes time to give performance reviews, do we take that into consideration? Do we remember that we caused that dynamic? Do we do we continue to appreciate that person for being that flexible? Or do we, might we, like I say, inadvertently judge the person for not being able to keep up with us?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Just one example. Yeah. It's interesting because as you were speaking to that, I was looking at our title, title Breaking the Cycle of Harm Doing, and thinking about. I don't know why this came up and this is quite a vulnerable place for me to find myself, I guess, which is when I think about my life, I also think about how I harm myself with my own judgy voice inside my head, you know, about what I do and don't do and whether it's up to my, you know, expectations, my high expectations of myself or not. Mm-hmm. Is that part of what you mean? When yes. You about, oh, okay.
1: Yes, it is. Mm. It, I think of that as like the soil in which, like, a tomato plant grows. White mm. Jane, like, if we're speaking to ourselves in a harmful way, yeah, bullying ourselves really, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of self-bullying, then when we turn around and we have a reaction to somebody else what what's the likely voice that we're going to use with them yeah it's an excellent point yeah
0: so what is it in your own life experience that has brought this up to this kind of to rise to the top as a priority for you
1: yeah well I'm so glad you asked I uh, grew up in an environment of a lot of stress, you know, like so many immigrant families, you right, know, right? <laughs> right. And, and so many families that, you know, are trying to change their lives for the better. There's a lot of pressure. And so I had a high stress childhood where I experienced verbal and some physical abuse um, within my core family. And then, Jane, this is the part that is the turning point. Um, I grew up and got married and became an abusive wife. Mm-hmm. I became a woman who, even though I have so much love in my heart and I think that at, at my essence, I'm a kind person, I had learned to treat the people that I love the most with yelling, judgment, um, making my husband's name is Mike, making Mike feel like he wasn't, you know, cutting the mustard as my husband, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. slamming doors. I was verbally abusive towards him for a lot of years, and it was really... It was really a turning point, as you can imagine, to finally understand the harm that I was doing, this cycle of harm that I was perpetuating, to then say, you know what, enough, time to stop, time to no longer be a victim, time to own and take responsibility for stopping this harm. And so that's what he did. <laughs>
0: wow. So was there a moment, Andrea, of awakening where you were just like like the penny drops, that aha moment where you realize? Was it a moment or was it a gradual build of realization?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. It was it was really a gradual moment of realization that led to one big moment. <laughs> so it was right. both. <laughs> was both things and I mean I'm laughing now and having enjoying so much this conversation because I can say to you the end of the story is that Mike and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary and we have um, we're on the other side and yeah. we can really say, "Wow, look at what we came through! Now, what can we do with our lives in this next chapter right. of our marriage?" So, so, so I'm um, telling the happily ever after, so everyone can stay with, you know, and not get yes. too stressed about relationship. <laughs> but um, the the you know the in this this answer, Jane. Actually, I hope that maybe we could discuss it a tiny bit more mm. so that everyone can hear it. it It applies to more than one thing. So Mm. I'll say it first like this. Every time I had the awareness of how much pain I was causing on an emotional and psychological level, every time that my heart touched that pain was one of those drips, you know, one of those Mm. accumulations that then led to one day when we had a, just a terrible, terrible fight, you know, the kind of fight that, you know, the neighbors call the police, you know, yep, yep. Um, there was never any physical abuse in our relationship, but the, the voices were plenty. There was yeah. plenty of harm being done. Um, when I, I had something inside me, I'll say break open mm-hmm. and the voice that I heard, it was my own voice that said there there's just no more in me that wants to hurt Mike anymore. Right. Done. I am done. And so I wrote a letter to him say that if this is, you know, if there's that if I cannot prove that I can change this, then we must release you from this um and and so that was my commitment from that day forward
0: mm. and how was mike in this i mean what did he want to ham because he's on the like the other end of some of the harm that you're doing and this i'm assuming although i may not be correct here that this was like two people arguing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. two sides here
1: yeah so just like you know, in any harm doing situation, like you know the one that I mentioned earlier, mm. let's say on a team for an entrepreneur, you know, you, you're absolutely right. Two people have to be present in order to you know make it a fight or a dance, right? You can't, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what Mike has shared with me and has given me permission to share is yeah. that, yeah, he he often asked, "Why the heck did he stay? Why?" Why do any of us stay in a situation where we are being harmed or we're being hurt? Um, And that's, you know, that's a fairly complex answer that is kind of his story to to tell Jane. But um, absolutely, He the things that he does share, um, which I'm at liberty to share, are things like you know what, I know that I had to learn how to stand up for myself through this. Right. That that without this, it was a big question mark whether he was going to, you know, kind of find a way to have boundaries for himself. Um, So that's kind of an example of what was going on for him. Mm. Yeah.
0: And congratulations on your 25th anniversary. I think, that's, I think that's amazing. And I think it's really important that people understand that you can have that level of emotional intensity in an argument and still come through the other side. I think that's really important that our listeners understand that you can, as our title says, break the cycle of harm doing even Mm -hmm. when it feels impossible to do that now you mentioned that as one of your geniuses so I'd love (laughs) to hear from you like if we have a listener who's you know maybe finding themselves in a similar situation maybe they have a relationship in their life which feels violent in some way like what advice would you have for them having gone through this yourself.
1: Yeah, it it starts with clarity that comes from naming it. Yeah. Right. I I am I so just am so deeply grateful, Jane, to you for this conversation because it's it's not every podcast host that has the willingness to to go to this kind of conversation. And that's part of the trouble. You know, that we're, we're not having these conversations that are honest about where do we feel like we're being harmed? Yeah. What, what relationships are unhealthy and hurt us and gradually wear us down and take our confidence and then steal our light? And then, you know, where's the good in that? Yeah. So, so first, honesty yeah an honest look at what might not be serving you and that can take a lot you know i can feel my breath deepening just you know imagining someone listening who might be having that aha moment that's like oh crap yeah or naming something and it might be small or it might be big or it might be historical a relationship that's now also in the past or it might be a new partner that you're thinking of joint venturing with it. You just get some, some oh, strange little red flag there. All of these are ways to name these things. And then once we've named them, then we can make a clear choice. Yes, we're entering into this and we're going to expect that there will be white water. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, and, you know, equip ourselves with tools and resources and people and, strength of will and, and, and all of that, communication skills, all of those things. Or we might see that coming and we might say, you know what? Not right now. Not interested in that being in my life in this way at the moment. And then it's the path of um, deciding to create new decisions, creating new habits. Um, yeah. Mm.
0: And as you speak it there, it sounded almost easy <laughs> yeah. as a path i mean i know you mentioned the white water but it it really did sound like you know just be kind of name it then you have a clear choice and then a path of deciding
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what i want to kind of highlight here and this is partly from my own experience in this space as well is that it can be messy to just mm-hmm. name it it can be chaotic to even try
1: and unpack
0: what's really going on
1: on mm-hmm. it <laughs> you're so wise i'm so <laughs> grateful for you for saying you, you're now you're naming that <laughs> you know <laughs> um well and here's an example maybe just even briefly can give us even more context. And Jane, you tell me if you prefer we don't go here, but I'll just say it briefly. Like in the world situation, whether it be with uh, the political situation in the United States or this world health crisis around mm-hmm. this COVID-19 the coronavirus, when we have leaders who do not communicate well or are deceptive, Or don't have our best interests at heart. That is an example, actually, of a difficult thing to name. Yeah. Am I making sense? You totally
0: are, because I think one of the challenges we have in these spaces of these deep conversations is I'm not always sure we have the language for where we're headed, (laughs)
1: as well as
0: where we are right now because we're kind of limited and you'll know this you know because we're limited by culture and we have cultures within cultures and then you know we start to realize when we live outside of our home country that there isn't just one way of doing things there's multiple ways Mm -hmm. right all around the world and I think once we start to take a step back from our own culture and our own language and our own family of origin and the way that things were done you know and we start to witness it i think is probably a good word when we can be the witness to ourselves and the people we love the most in our lives and our impact and their impact and we start to look at the interactions and be a little bit more um I'm going to say detached Mm -hmm. in the way that we see then I think we start to notice things we might not have noticed before
1: and you know I think you know it might make me cry (laughs) 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 Um, that's it's profound what you're saying there is a saying in addiction circles yeah but um you know, whether it's to do with drugs or gambling or shopaholics or whatever, um, that to break addiction, we require a witness self. Right. We must cultivate a witness self in order to observe our addictions. And right now in the midst of also Black Lives Matter and the enormous upsurge of, you know, uh, cries for justice, Um, within our culture we are cultivating a witness self to see the oppression that has been historically handed down and it's only through exactly what you said um, being a witness and detaching can we objectively then see where the harm is that we've been doing where the harm is that we, we we haven't been aware of and then like I say name it but you're you're right it's easy to say name it you know we're we're here yeah. now and words are linear and you can just say name it but it can take years it can take yeah. months it can take some people it takes a lifetime and they never name a thing
0: yeah you know and i'm just thinking about the impact the ripple effect that this has when we don't witness it we end up with individuals in positions of power who create like the harm at a systemic level (laughs) because they put bias and their value set into a system that can end up being national, international, global. Right. And it perpetuates the suffering instead of serving the people and the world with what we need.
1: Yeah, so well put. I think a bit, I think we're similar in this way, Jane, that we think systemically, but also we like to act locally and practically. So I'd love to piggyback and just say, you know, think of any political leader you like. It doesn't matter who, um, who you think is not doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And then think of how that person was brought up. Yeah. Ask yourself if they had compassionate teachers, loving parents. Ask, uh, ask. Let's ask. Let's, let's look at any just in our mind's eye. Picture any leader that we think is not doing a good job, and say, was that person harmed somewhere along the way? Mm. Well, in my opinion, it's inevitable. Absolutely, they are. They have been harmed in some way, and so then if we transfer that to ourselves, that Each of us has an extraordinary, like I say, astonishingly powerful opportunity to understand that each act of kindness, each act of stopping ourselves from harming others could one day be the thing that caused a leader to do the right thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. That is so important, I think, what you've just said there. It's really profound because we don't often think about you know, I think how we impact and I think that, I mean, we know so much these days about psychology and neuroscience and habits and habitual behaviors. It's kind of, I love the fact that having gone through what you've gone through and, you know, with your husband really making a commitment to turn things around Mm -hmm. now this is coming into your work and you have this belief despite that that humanity is essentially good Mm -hmm. because that's what you said and it's like and astonishingly powerful Mm -hmm. so if that statement is true and you believe that which I believe you do Andrea Mm -hmm. what do you believe is possible for us from this
1: place where we find ourselves right
0: now I'd love to know
1: yeah, I think that it is 100% possible to stop harming people. Yeah. 100%. Um, I can say that, you know, like if you could see my eyes, you, you would see how, how, <laughs> how, how much I, 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 I and, and so I say that devoutly as someone who is so in the grips of this anger and this self-hatred that caused me to harm someone who is closest to me I, I say it not to impress you I say it to make that impression hopefully a lasting one that no matter what harm you've done little or big for over a long time or just one little thing you do next week uh, that's part of being human it's what we then do with it do we proceed in our lives knowing that we're going to do these harms and that as soon as possible we make it right and then we stop so that like weeding a garden we gradually make a beautiful garden that grows lush and fertile and beautiful and productive 100 percent, we can do that we can stop being harmful and abusive to one another
0: yeah yeah and I agree I think we can and it seems to me that when I consider that and I think about it one of the biggest challenges is right at the very beginning of the clarity of waking up to that's what I'm actually doing Mm -hmm. because when I think about you know some of my clients that I'm working with and have worked with in the past one of the um roles that I often find myself playing is is the the person that can pierce the illusion that somebody thinks they're living within (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you see what I mean like I I I was thinking about one client that I had It was actually a few years ago now and he was a new CEO and I was brought in by the chairman of the board because um his team said that he sucked all the oxygen out of the room when he walked in, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? That was the thing. But this guy had a great track record. He turned companies around. He thought he was the best Mm -hmm. and that they were very, very lucky to have him. Mm -hmm. And so the power of beliefs in this dynamic and who we think we are Mm -hmm. must play a part in either defending you know the behavior or coming to the realization the clarity that this needs to change
1: yeah i think what you're pointing to is really a power dynamic um Mm -hmm. i like to say we can stop harm doing we can Mm -hmm. break the cycle of harm doing because if we have uh a person that like a perpetrator or an abusive person and we have the the sort of the sufferer the victim is the most common word that's used we also have bystanders and we all take turns in the sort of carousel of roles that we switch you know and so we are responsible for speaking the truth to power for Understanding our own power or locating the power we need, the confidence and the clarity we need to say to a boss that is terrible. How many terrifying bosses are there out there who probably are like your client, Jane, are clueless? Yeah. They think they're the bee's knees. They think they're Clark Kent. Right. But actually, they're, you know, something far, far less honorable and kind. If we don't Take our share of ownership of the problem, that person's going to keep getting away with it.
0: Yeah. Now that <laughs> taking, so as you said that, I was like, taking our share. And straight away, I'm like, that's responsibility. Because all of my work always comes round at some point to, you know, responsibility in this conversation about. What are you responsible for? What am I responsible for? And what am I not responsible for? And it's an interesting word because I don't know about you, but when I start talking, particularly in a coaching context about this word, people tend to think they are responsible. And yet in my experience, They'll do a lot to move away from responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, it's an interesting paradox.
1: <laughs> it is. And you know, that's one of my favorite P words ever. So I'm just like ringing the bell on the word paradox. It's, it's that very few things are all good or all bad. You know, right. that's really right. like one of the things I, it's a belief. And I, I yeah. hang on to that one pretty tightly. <laughs> but <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I think, you know, to give a concrete example, if you, if you, you or I, Jane, or any of our listeners have an inkling that there might be something that we have done that has harmed somebody else, then how about asking a question? Yeah. Taking responsibility for inquiring as to the well-being of the other person rather than running, rough, you know, a rough shot over people. Right. Um, And then if we get feedback that we have indeed not been the hero that we thought we were, then owning like outing ourselves, owning, owning it, staying with the pain of the awareness saying, well, golly, well, that's a total comeuppance. I, that's cold water on my face. I, I, I need to clearly, I have a distorted lens of what, it right. is the, the reality they've created, right, Jane? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I've just got this. So um, i just got this particular client in my head, and I remember starting to talk to this person about their. It was a senior team, a sea level team, and uh, he turned to me, went, "We don't want to go. We can't go there. That you're just going to open a can of worms, Jane." <laughs> if we go there. And it was like, yeah, and it's exactly where we need to go. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. How
1: powerful your work is with those. Yeah.
0: Mm. But to do it with compassion Mm -hmm. and, and real, I'm going to say a depth of humanity Mm -hmm. because I do think that culturally, and I can only speak about the UK and the US. i S I've never lived in Canada, Mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like in the education system that I was brought up in and the one that I see my kids have been, come through here in the US, you know, we're kind of taught there's a right way and a wrong way and that there are beliefs we should hold and beliefs we shouldn't hold. And it's kind of like we, we don't really speak to these things like compassion and mm-hmm. responsibility through our education system. So if our children don't find that at home, mm-hmm. It's certainly not something we're crafting or helping them to flourish into as an adult. And I just wondered what your sense was of you know how we can really build the foundations. Because like you said, right from the get-go, we're consuming. We're consumers mm-hmm. as maybe breast milk, it may be product milk, it may right. diapers. We're consuming from the get-go. We're consuming before we're even aware. that we're consuming and even today I mean I've just recently done a Pachamama program and Mm -hmm. through going through this program about how to change the game realizing that so many things that I consume were habitual I hadn't Mm -hmm. even considered all these inequalities that I was perpetuating in different ways I was choosing to live my life Mm -hmm. because the choice word wasn't even there
1: yeah so just
0: yeah so just this conversation we're having now Andrea and you saying well you know you can wake up there is a choice that you can consciously make you can be intentional Mm -hmm. about your behaviors I think for a lot of people will be quite refreshing for them to hear
1: yeah, I hope so. I mean it's what I'm, I'm really throwing all my personal hopes and, and my I feel like my life is gravy at this point. You know, I've been giving <laughs> so much grace um, that I really want for this to turn into fuel for more awareness. And um, so I mean, I'll just say this if I may. Like the statistics are very, very interesting. Um, it said that, and these are mostly U.S. and North American-centric, forgive me, but, uh, you know, the U.K. statistics will be mm-hmm. out there and similar, and also, of course, all the way around the world, but just in North America, it's up to 77% of um, students, like you say, in the K-12 to system say that they have experienced bullying, okay, that, that in the workplace, um, it's Sixty uh, percent of the retail industry experience what they consider to be abuse. Um, more than eighty percent of the healthcare uh, profession experiences abuse. This is nurses and yeah. um, you know healthcare workers, social workers, and things like that. Um, you know, if this much of this harm doing is being reported. Jane, my question to all of us is, someone's doing this. Yeah. So it's not just victims we're talking about. We're talking about numbers that must be, I mean, they can't be identical. And I don't have the science because, quite frankly, no one's focused on it. And so the research on this side of the equation is woefully slim. We don't have numbers that say, well, um, X percentage of corporate America is abusive. Or, you know, we we don't know... But we have numbers for the uh, people who come to domestic violence shelters as victims, but we don't have statistics on the people who are causing that, you know, doing the abuse. So why why do I say this? I say this because I think it's right in front of us, but we're not seeing it. It's like somebody is putting the gum underneath the picnic table. It's us, (laughs) okay? we are putting the gum under the picnic table (laughs) so could we jane through the amazing help of of leaders like you who are putting forth conversations like this to start to be much more honest yeah much more direct stop actively fostering a blind spot about the harm that every single human does and that if we can be gentle and kind and light and make it, you know, that simple, that we 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 need to cultivate a witness self. We need to create for ourselves clarity about the choice, and then we need to take responsibility. We need for it to be that straightforward. Mm. It's complicated and complex to implement and to live through. I can speak from years of my own recovery to vouch for that. But the 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 mission the the plan, the um, the to-do is very simple. Um, I'm going on and on, but I had one other thing I wanted to say about um, something you mentioned. Um, I think one of the root causes of all of this is that we are overachievers. I think humans have something in us that have this We, you know, if we liked a donut, then we want three donuts. You know, (laughs) if if we're a teenager and we enjoy a video game, then we want like if we enjoyed an hour of a video game, then we want thirteen hours of a video game. If if we're a CEO and we have enjoyed a billion dollars in profit, well, we want another billion. Um, And so, to come back to the spiritual aspect of this, I think that we need to ask the question of how we do less how we recognize when we're trying to do too much and those expectations and stressors create uh, acid in our stomachs, an urgency to perform that is systemic, that is is unnecessary. And it's that that causes the violence. Mm. We need to be willing to do less, but do that less better. And that's when the stress Starts to dissipate. That's when I, yeah. as an entrepreneur, was able to say, "Well, God, why am I putting all this pressure on myself?" And that's right. making this total rhymes with which person right. towards my head, you know. And I just kept <laughs> <laughs> whittling down my life to say, you know what, I don't want a quote unquote successful life if I have that anger and violence problem. That is right. not a successful life. So I kept changing my life plan, kept changing my business plan until I could find a harmonious. Place to
0: know them. yeah you know and underneath all of this right is is this question of like what do we want Ooh. really and I mean that at all levels of system like from an individual what do I want like what life do I want to create for myself with the people that I love my friends and family and then with my business and then it kind of just ripples out to like all the way out to what does the world want and need Mm -hmm. right now and I just really heard that through what you were saying is if we could all just pause (laughs) she says rather ironically and (laughs) um, and just really get intentional about this life because if we could all take care of ourselves then you know, maybe you've come up with here something that is the, the universal prescription that we need, really. Because if we take care of ourselves, then won't everything else take care of itself? Won't we be
1: okay? <laughs> yeah, I think that we take care of ourselves within the context of the collective. Too. Right, yeah. right. So, yes, and like, yes. yes, what we need, but locate ourselves within a collective to understand that we are at a table with all sorts of other people and learn from one another. Um, What can we share? You know, if we have one plate of, you know, I don't know, peaches, a bowl of peaches, and we have a hundred mouths, how are we going to share these peaches? And what's the right amount for me, given that I live in this extraordinary world and I want a world that works for everyone. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah
0: I totally get that and to me that's like uh one of the conversations I was talking to somebody who's really into climate change and realizing that at the crux of the matter is if we could all just live as though we were completely interconnected Mm -hmm. in the world it would change everything and I hear a little bit of that thread in what you just said Mm -hmm. yeah in realizing we're always making an impact but is it the impact we want to be having
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, and just because you know, let's let's tie up the sort of open question a little bit. I think that you know what if you feel like you have been doing some harm, or that you work with clients who may be doing harm to others or to themselves or ourselves. Um, you know what? Can I just say I I honor you so much for being willing to see that and name that it's the beginning of so much beauty and power and joy and that's enough for for a lot of people for just to start just to have that aha moment it's like yeah I put that gum under that picnic table yeah. yeah I did that I am willing to be the person who admits that without that we have no more conversation to have right yeah. So I, I, I'm i really grateful to each person who's been willing to listen to this and and take it on. It's not for the faint of heart, and yet, in my experience, once you kind of step into the, this, it becomes so, not just easier to talk about, but it is so rewarding. There is kind of a grace um, that's gifted. Once you are willing to be this person who's like, yep, Oh, ah! Uh, I just did that. Oh, okay, <laughs> stay with the pain, breathe, stay with the pain. God, that was really tr- just terrible. Mm. Uh, I'm going to do something different. I, I love, 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 love it. it. I
0: <laughs> do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can I just thank you, Andrea? I love where you've taken our conversation today because I think it's something that in some ways could be a very simple solution for many mm-hmm. of us. But like you say, it has hidden complexities. and It's not always as linear and as easy as it might sound when we talk about it, but it's absolutely possible,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: what I love. You have such an easy way of describing hard things, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> which I really, really love. I do. Uh, so quickly, just one final question, because I can see our time. If there's something you'd hoped we'd get to today, something you'd want to share with our listeners some final words of wisdom what might it be
1: you can do it yeah um yeah doesn't matter how far you've gone on the wrong path you can turn back that's a turkish proverb fabulous yeah and and just that and another (laughs) love lovely quote that i'll leave i think is a real thinker and that is by stella gervais who is a scholar at harvard studies history she says that war is for the weak peace is for the strong oh oh that
0: really landed for me i love
1: that i wish for all of us yeah the peace and the strength of of a strong peace that takes us into that future that you want for us Jane and that you're helping us all to create <laughs> yes.
0: oh I love that Andrea thank you so much mm. my gosh I know that the people listening today will have had so many insights so much inspiration that you shared thank you so much for being with us today
1: oh it is me it is I that thank you and thank all the <laughs> listeners it's such joy it really no words to express it really thank you thank you thank you thank you so much
0: Okay, guys, well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are actually in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com, and our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors, who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally, and together we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development goals, all visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look and get free access to our popular program, Awaken the Changemaker Within. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening, for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.